following podcast is intended for an adult audience only. It contains strong language, strong opinions, and themes of a sexual nature. So if you are under 18, or indeed difficult to please, this isn't the podcast for you. Welcome once again to Varying Degrees, a BDSM podcast. Afternoon Burns, how you doing mate? Oh, I'm alright, I've had quite an eventful week. Myself and Eeyore have had an interesting one, we've got some stories to relate. So Eeyore, if you want to kick us off. Oh hello listeners, yeah we have had quite a busy week. We've been doing some educational things and also some fun things. Do we want to start with the fun things? Uh, Should we start in reverse? Should we start in reverse? Let's let's start in reverse. We went to a chocolate tasting workshop, which wasn't terribly kinky, but it was was blindfolded. It was kinky enough, I suppose. Yeah, it was 40 minutes being blindfolded and someone feeding you chocolate. And it was absolutely marvellous. And we had an overnight stay at a secret dungeon location. We had a lot of fun there, didn't we? Yes, uh, so, so just for our listeners, uh, this is essentially a kind of uh, Airbnb type place, but it's a dungeon. Um, so it had lots of fun things, it had a hot tub, um, it had various sort of spanking benches and hoists. Medical play and bench, it's all sorts, it's great fun. Mirrored ceiling. Aye, just above the bed, wasn't it? Sounds like a grand time. We've gone straight into discussion, but we haven't introduced the uh, third voice yet. Do you want to give the uh, formal introduction? So this is Eeyore, the third voice. I guess I'm going to be chipping in through this podcast. And who are you? Who are you to us, Eeyore? Oh, okay, who am I? Um, I am Burns' partner, so we've been together for just over a year. And I guess he's the one responsible for getting me involved uh, with kind of BDSM, kink-related things. Uh, So I'm sure we might mention uh, some things to do with that a bit later. I'm sure we can dive a little bit deeper. And it was actually quite interesting because Eeyore plays the innocent, though she was responsible for getting me involved in rope a bit more. And the final, third and final part of our interesting week had been, at the start of it, Bizarrely enough, a rope class over two days. Discover Discover Shivari weekend. That was great. And fun. Learned a lot. Would that be the same Discover Shivari weekend or event course that we were talking about in the previous episode? Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so you went through with that in the end. Aye. Good? Oh, that was great. Yeah? Felt we learned a lot. We enjoyed ourselves. It was a lot of fun. It was quite intense and emotional at times. Intense and emotional? Aye. It can be. I know it can because be, but I can't imagine it in a classroom setting, that's all. Well, I think, I think the learning can actually be quite intense and emotional um, because sometimes if you're shown something and you feel like you're not getting it, uh, you can get quite frustrated. Um, also, what they did very much encourage was free form and mm. getting creative. 
but that can actually be quite frustrating because when you're just told, right, you got 25 minutes, do some interesting rope, kind of, <sighs> that can sometimes cause a bit of a blank and, and then kind of lead to some frustrations. Mm. I, I can, I. But then you just apologise and sort, sort of talk it out and move on, much like you would do with any other scene. Long days, long classes? Uh, about one o'clock till seven was the main teaching time, but the studio was open a little bit earlier. So yeah, it was it was a lot of long days and covered quite a lot of stuff. So yeah, and you had yeah, to concentrate. Had to concentrate for quite a long period of time. Oh, so that's tiring yourself sometimes, isn't it? I suppose you know, I'm not the best rope handler. If I had to sort of focus and con- concentrate on rope for sort of and be taught, I couldn't do that. I could not go to a two day intensive workshop on rope. It just it wouldn't be for me because I don't think I could. I handle it for the reasons that you've said. Mm. Actually, mm. I don't think I can keep up. Mm. But but well worth it for you guys. Well worth the money. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And plans to go on to whatever their follow-on one is. Yeah, I think that that is definitely uh, the plan. There's a couple more courses that that particular studio runs, and I think after this experience, I think we're we're definitely planning to to go along. Mm. Skill I would, up more. I would like to see it because, like I've said previously on the show, but I it's the studio. I follow them on Instagram, um, and they are a really good facility with a very good reputation. So I've got no doubt that the course you attended was well worth the money and very, very interesting. I just don't think I can. I could personally. I ain't got the minerals to hack it. Well, we thought that the quality of the teaching was very good, and the pacing was very good, because, as a beginner's course. You know, you've got some people there who might have been on the fringes of the BDSM scene. Maybe they're taking their first steps. Mm. But you had some people there who had never done anything. Like they'd not done rope stuff before. They'd not done BDSM stuff before. Be it the bondage, be it the submission. But we can talk about that a wee bit more later. But just not done end of it you know I think we should break it down a bit more because you're saying not done the BDSM stuff before not done the bondage not done the rope stuff before I think we should really break it down a bit because there might be people listening to this who are hearing these words and thinking that you went along to something sexual well that was see that was the interesting thing one of the other classes we went to there was someone who was there who was saying that they'd been to a life drawing class and they were getting into it for that in like a very artistic kind of way and one of the other things that they were very, uh, that came about from, from the class was very much centred on movement and it was almost like dance. Mm. And one of the absolute cornerstones of it was communication with your partner, mm. be it communicating about what, communicating uh, verbally, like, is this rope too tight? or whatever, or things to look for, like if someone's waggling their hand or something, mm. you know, to say like, oh, I'm starting to lose feeling or anything like that, you know, and it's just this different way of communicating. Before, during and after. Indeed, indeed. And they were very clear, it's, it's not necessarily sexual at all. Yes, you can do things and go, right, now I've tied you up, we're going to do... Mm. this or that but indeed it might just be right this is just an artistic mm. 
So. Well, the event itself was very much focused on the educational aspect. Um, so I think the phrase they used was low energy environment. Uh, so we did have free time to kind of play and explore and that was encouraged but it was to the extent that uh, keeping the energy quite low, keeping things quite relaxed so that people could learn and focus on the technique. Aye. So yeah, it wasn't a sexually charged environment in not any way. Not at all, not at all. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's a, a proper reputable venue, it's not a knocking shop. It was really quite sweet in a way, actually, the, the way you see some of the couples embracing and stuff. And when you're tying someone, you're physically quite close to them. So there is that level of intimacy there, which makes it quite easy to get into the, that very caring headspace. Mm. You know, it's not, right, I'm going to shag you, you're rotten. You know, it's, it's like, okay, I've just got my arms around you, I'm just going to hold you. Mm. You know? So my question for you all would be then, did you later in the month apply any of the things that you learnt at a rope workshop when you were visiting this uh, secret dungeon location together? Uh, we didn't actually. I mean, the, the secret dungeon was a little bit overwhelming because it had so much stuff. Uh, I did bring rope with us, but we didn't actually use it. Uh, I think we had a bit of an overwhelming moment in the dungeon where there was so much stuff and we could literally do, we could, we could use any of the equipment they had and I think it was a bit of a uh, overload, it was hard, yeah, hard to make that choice. start? Yeah, yeah, indeed, like a kid in a candy shop or... Yeah. I, um, we nearly had an argument about it and it was like, um, I got a bit stressed out, you know. And I apologised and everything, I was like, right, okay, let's kind of start again we'll pick something and then we just you know and I think um... I think it was the pressure um, yeah. because in that environment you're quite aware that you have limited time yeah. and it's quite maybe not unique but a, a rare opportunity to yeah. have all this equipment and have it all to yourselves so I think the kind of pressure creeped in a little bit mm. as to oh we've got to make the most of this we've got to have some really exciting scenes you know we've got to kind of really mm. like kind of up the um, energy but mm. yeah that pressure can sometimes have a bit of a negative effect it can do but then we went in the hot tub chilled out a bit and then oh, oh, all was grand all melted away <laughs> so that's your month in a, in a nutshell Hi. How about yourself? Oh, what have you been up to? Um, sitting here, sipping on your monkey tea, <laughs> um, listening, list, being regaled by your stories. That's yeah, far more interesting than anything I've been doing by the sound of things. Had a birthday, I got another year older. Got taken away to a swanky hotel that wasn't designed for filth in the same way your location was, but nevertheless we used it to its full potential. Marvellous. I took my rope with me, unlike you, I used my rope. Um, I'm sure you've seen the photos by now. What else have I been up to? Not a great deal, to be fair. I think you uh, went to a great party. I, I did go to a great party. I was at a really good Halloween party. Excellent hosts, uh, great company. Mostly people from the kink community, you know, but not kink-based at all. The party wasn't kink-based at all. Um, just faces I knew from most circles. And uh, thank you for having us all over, Burns. You're welcome. Or, yeah. You're welcome. It was a grand night. Um, apart from that, I've been doing a lot of plotting. I've been doing a lot of plotting and thinking and planning. I've started to experiment with my tools and materials for what might be either a waste of money and a bloody disaster or could potentially be the start of cool hand floggers. I'm 
you know what I'm like. I'm a little bit impatient. I'm a little bit do it yourself. A little bit, well, you know, bugger that. I could do it, you know, so I will. Um, and I've been looking around for some poi, leather poi floggers for a while and I either couldn't afford the ones that I wanted or the seller didn't get back to me. So I looked at the pricing for everything and I've started to create my own poi floggers from leather. So I'm doing all the leather working, which is a new thing. So through Kink, I'm now I'm trying to learn a new skill set. Why not? Why not? So I'll keep you posted on that. Um, right. Maybe I'll throw photos up on our uh, Varying Degrees Instagram page. Right, please do. Um, share them with you there. Or, or never speak of it again. If it goes horribly wrong, then I end up, and I end up riveting myself to myself. <laughs> I hope it's one way to get your kicks. Yeah, no, I'm not into pain personally, so I will not be riveting me to me. Been working me arse off a little bit on uh, the Impact Workshop that we've spoken about very briefly. Indeed. Looking um, forward to attending that actually we've now got um i've been working closely with uh, a couple of friends on occasion and now working with somebody that you know and the idea is we're trying to create a couple's impact workshop i mean that's the, the basic concept and we're going to go through we've got the we've got everything that we want to do in in the right order even with like the breaks slotted in and the times and now we just got to pad it all out and it's a, a three hour plus workshop uh aimed at couples uh, going, you know, it's going to be uh, interactive. It's going to be a, a real good element of. Uh, it's not going to feel like a class. It's going to be a real good element, hopefully, of peer-to-peer learning and sort of finding our way to solutions and results together. So it doesn't feel like you're being dictated to in any way. So it's very much kind of like the Skillshare kind of thing that Eor was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is going to be there's going to be a heavy aspect to that. It's kind of knowing about something and rather telling somebody about it leading them to the same realization and the same understanding and you know so hopefully that's what it's going to be all about really excited about it we're really excited as well i think we're going to be in the first in the queue of the attendees for that one i think you're going to probably be my testing subjects because just after christmas um i think we're looking for just after christmas now because of people's availability and times. We're going to roll out a couple of demo classes with groups of our friends from the community. So Eeyore Burns, you're welcome to be in the test group and fill in mm-hmm. a feedback. All it'll cost you is a feedback form. You've got to fill it in afterwards. Why not? I think that's, that's good. But, you know, it's about... It's going to be about everything from technique to workarounds, you know, solutions and being able to get past barriers, be they physical barriers to things or barriers of nerves or lack of experience or you know on you know uncertainty working our way around these barriers and building up through various methods of impact and in sort of finalizing with a, a, an impact scene and sort of teaching everyone you know and and walking for everybody through an, an impact scene and and doing it delivering a very real one and then having time for people to then do theirs if they want but um a lot of research a lot of time and effort is going into it and i won't say any more about it for now but uh it's exciting sounds good to me so, uh, Eeyore, what a lot of people listening, or most people listening, won't realise is that you're relatively new to the scene. Is that true? I would say that's accurate. I mean, actually, I went to my first munch uh, a, year, a year ago, pretty much, bang yeah. on. Yeah. So, you're still a lot of firsts, you know, in terms of going to types of events. Yep. Going to, say, uh, various types of kink events, different types of munches, classes... Uh, clubs, parties, etc. Would you say there was any uh, preconceptions you might have had 
before coming along to the scene that you've completely wrong about or oh yeah like absolutely i i think my or what i thought the community was going to be like really it's been totally different than, than what i thought my idea of the community before entering it was that its singular purpose was for hookups me market uh, yeah, well just, you know, the the reason people are going to these things, uh, munches or events, uh, so the sole reason they're going is to go in and get a hookup, uh, which is not nothing wrong with that, but I that's that's not something that I was interested in. I, I you know, didn't want to go in and to hook up. That what that kind of wasn't what I was looking for. So at the beginning I sort of felt, well, why should I go along to these things? Uh, because I'm not looking to hook up with anybody. But actually I've learned there's so much more to going along. So just kind of the uh, level of community support that you get, the friends that you make, like genuine friendships that you make, uh, really just having a sounding board to talk to people more freely than you can in kind of, you know, your everyday situations. And I mean, for me, the, the massive plus of community involvement especially being a newer person, is access to education and the fact that people are so generous with their time and to just talk about things or share their knowledge. So for me, kind of actually going along to workshops has been really, really a massive positive. And actually, I'd say it's probably a misconception I've come across before that you had that people were going to hook up because you see posts online from single guys and, and mostly from single guys. I'm sure women are you know guilty of it as well. But it just tends to be, I see mostly from single guys who talk about munches, they've not been, and going to pick people up and, and you know going there to meet somebody. Mm. And actually, with, I, I know with some munches, it's kind of almost, it's frowned upon to have that mentality of going, you know, in, yeah, I mean, of course people meet at munches because it's a social environment. People meet at any kind of social environment. But to go with the mindset of the, the misconception that it's a meat market and you're going there to meet someone and go home with somebody. And actually, I knew a young lad, no, knew a young lad who kind of had that mindset. And he was only ever setting, you know, and he never changed that misconception that he had. And, and, and as a result, you know, spent a lot of time stressed and in anguish about it. You know, so it's, that's a common misconception. Yeah, and actually, funnily enough, uh, I kind of felt guilty in a way going along to things for the first time because I thought well uh, am I giving people the wrong impression by coming here because I'm not looking to hook up with people so my just by physically being here am I giving people the wrong impression but I mean that that's something that that I kind of had a bit of anxiety about that that's not been a problem at all because mm. you know that that's not what the community is about and I think you tend to find that the people who make it clear and whether they want to or not, they will make it clear through their actions that that is what they want. Mm. They tend to be given short shrift by the community. They tend to be bounced out yeah. quite quickly. It, it doesn't really get taken lightly because it is quite disrespectful, you know, this idea that if someone shows up, if a woman shows up, she's there for the picking, yeah, yeah. if you like, you know. Or and as you see, it's not just guys that do it, but it mostly is. 
guys. We're awful. And it's that thing that's like, people's like, oh, hashtag not all men. Yes, but enough of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of them do it that it's problematic and needs to be addressed when it arises. Yeah. I mean, we just we just happen to be very lucky that in our local community we've got a very tight-knit group of friends, very vigilant leaders who are very responsible. I think we can be quite guilty of thinking that every community is like ours, every local community is like ours, when actually I think we've got it really fucking good. You're right. The group leaders do a very good job and they are very vigilant. And they look after people and they look out for people. And I think that's quite an interesting thing because the idea of a group leader, and we've touched on this a wee bit in previous episodes where we've said this idea of a group leader is not necessarily like the king or queen of BDSM, Mm. but they've been around a bit. They show up to events regularly enough so that they can kind of be relied on to be a point of contact for new people. Mm. And they're not just turning up to socialise, to have a few beers or whatever. They're kind of always on the watch. Is someone uncomfortable? Why are they uncomfortable? What's happened? Am I able to help out? Uh, you know, can I go and have a quick chat with them, make sure they're okay? Is it that they've maybe bumped into a former partner and mm. they're feeling a bit uncomfortable? Is it maybe someone has said or done something without realising quite that they've crossed the line and you maybe just need to take take that time to say, look, that wasn't okay. And it's not about causing a massive scene. No. And, and, and saying, like, you know, wagging the finger in front of everyone and sort of saying, oh, everyone, look at what this one's done. You, you, we don't do that. It, it, it's not like a public shaming. It's just like, right, quit where we you. That seemed not okay. Do you understand why? It wasn't okay. Yeah, again, I don't think at times we realise how lucky we are because I know firsthand and from reading stuff that things aren't always handled so eloquently within every community. Oh no! And no. you know, you you can't take you can't take an example of a close community from anywhere in the world, let alone anywhere in the UK, and go. This is what BDSM communities are like. Well, one of the one of the interesting things is even on. Uh, the likes of FetLife, occasionally you'll see allegations of consent violations, mm. for instance. And there's been a few um, recently in the rope community. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll not go into detail, but there's been a few in different places, right? Well, they tend to be the ones that are always really highly publicised, don't they? Uh, but one of, the, one of the things that gets me, and it, it leads on to another big misconception, is this idea that rape allegations ruin lives. Because they don't. There have been men who have literally raped someone. They've been guilty of it. Fuck all has happened to them, right? Louis C.K. masturbating in front of people and all the rest of it, and it was consent violation. And he's back on stage now. There have been people in the rope community who have violated people's consent, and it's known that they've been consistent consent violators, still in business, still doing workshops, still doing this, that and the other. And the people who have been affected by what they've done, like they're the ones who have to shoulder all this. Whereas the, the people who've committed these acts just get away with it. So I want people to stop saying that these allegations ruin lives because there's zero evidence that's ruined anyone except the, the people that it's happened to, if you see what I mean. The people who've done it, I've got away with it and that's not acceptable at all 
and we need to be better as a community in ensuring that if someone is a rapist, right, that's it. No one touches your business. I, no one goes to any of your workshops. You don't get to profit from what you've done. So I, I, I can't... You have to learn from it. You have to move on and be a better person. Not just go, oh, right, I got away with it. I'm going to carry on doing whatever I want to do. Um, there's not a single word that I could disagree with there about there should be the consequences about everything you've said there. Yeah, so I think we'll leave that one there and move swiftly on, don't you? Sounds about right. Right. So that was what you were thinking coming in, hooking up in the meat market. Yeah, like like kind of it, its sole purpose was for hookups, essentially. Uh, I hadn't really expected the uh, other variety of things that people would, would get out of community involvement. Actually, you say a variety of things because there's often a misconception about the variety of stuff that makes up BDSM and BDSM practices, relationships and activities. Mm-hmm. People coming in often have a very narrow view of what's involved. Yeah, I think I, I think that was definitely the case for me. Uh, I, I think as soon as uh, Burns kind of told me he was interested in uh, BDSM, I think the image that came to my mind was kind of like mistress and slave. And I think for a lot of people, you do have this narrower view. So just kind of getting involved in the community, meeting people and seeing the massive range of things that people are into with varying degrees of, of power. Hey, she slipped it in, she's beat us to it. Varying degrees of Oh, she wins. Oh, nice work. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the misconceptions I've come across the most, and it's probably because I'm active in some forums and because of my relationship type, is some of the misconceptions around like daddy don baby girl relationships. Because although I would class my... If anyone says, oh, what are you? I'm doing air quotes there, by the way, for those who can't see. I would say, well, I'm, I'm a top or a don. I suppose we can define those two in a bit, can't we, and misconceptions around that. It's a whole other thing to unpack. But um, I wouldn't describe myself as a daddy, although that is my role within my relationship, my primary relationship with Belle, is I am her daddy. And she's my baby girl, or my little. Now, the misconceptions you come across for about, about that kind of relationship dynamic ranges from everything from it's only role play, it's incest-based, how can you do that 24-7 because aren't they waking up in the middle of the night crying and needing their nappies changed? And, and for a start, we don't do nappies or diapers or whatever you're listening to this. You know, it's the link to sugar daddies is another one. And that was a comment that one of our uh, co-hosts made last yeah. time and, and I disagreed with it at the but time. See, that, see, that's the thing. Sugar daddy is about the exchange of money for a service and, and the money for companionship. Whereas from what little... I admittedly know of the whole daddy dom little mm. girl thing. Um, sorry, daddy dom baby girl even. Yeah, But it's it's more caring and nurturing. It's not about right. I'm lonely. Here's some money. Mm. Keep me company, or any of that. It's vastly removed and from that. Yeah, no, because the sugar daddy thing. We won't go into it too deep because to me it's not a kink because it exists outside of the kink community. It existed before it became before it came into the king community. It existed under its own right. For ever and a day, people have had sugar daddies. 
having a sugar daddy has nothing to do with BDSM. It is a term that was coined completely separate from BDSM, and I think it's been around a lot longer than a lot of BDSM terms. More recently, with the emergence of thin doms, professional doms, the sugar daddy baby doll has creeped into the kink community. It's kind of been reintroduced, yeah. if you like. Yeah, yeah, indeed. When really, it's, in my opinion, it's not really a kink dynamic. It's, a, it's an exchange dynamic. Uh, mutually beneficial dynamic based on exchange. And, and, and that's just my two cents anyway, it's just my two cents. But for me personally, it's very separate to kink and it's a different thing altogether and is in no way related to Daddy Dom, Baby Girl or Daddy Dom, Little Girl, however you choose to identify and interact. And again, that's a, you know, that's, like any relationship, that's a spectrum because you can define it, you can sit here and define a Daddy Dom, Baby Girl relationship with words like guidance, mentoring, caring, nurturing. But then again, it's subjective. It's down to what any two individuals decide. You know, um, I've been I've been in two daddy dom relationships, and they could not the needs and requirements of my partners could not have been more different if they you know if they tried. And it's exactly the same from any one relationship to another, in my opinion. You know, you know my Belle. You both do. You know, she's a ridiculously strong woman. She's a professional woman. She's a driven woman. She wouldn't take any shit from anybody and can stand on her own two feet. She does not need my nurturing and guidance. Yet she is my princess. When you said strong woman, I just had this idea of like the Victorian strong man lifting up with the barbells, you know. She is a, no, she is a strong woman as well. She can leg press like way more than me. I mean, we found this out of the gym the other week. You know, um, I can, I can, I can tricep press more than I can leg press. That's how, that's how embarrassingly weak my legs appear to be. But anyway, yeah, she's a strong woman. And, you know, um, she doesn't need or require many of the things that a lot of people will say are typical of what a baby girl or a little needs. You know, so that it's, it's, very, it's very separate and very subjective. Um, yeah, and very separate to Sugar Daddy, like I said. And, and a 24-7 relationship, it doesn't mean that she's in her onesie all the time, sucking on her sucking on a passy all the time and there's certainly no nappies or diapers involved with us it just means we are always who we are it isn't a game it isn't a role she's my princess i'm her daddy if she wants comfort or security then she will hide behind me and i'll protect her you know on rare occasions she couldn't protect herself you know it means when we go out for a nice meal i order the food because i'm the leader you know when it comes to situations like that, it's me who steps up and speaks, and me who takes the fit. It might sound a bit old-fashioned, but it's me who takes the lead, you know. Um, I'll ask her what she wants, and then I'll communicate that. You know, it's it's just how our dynamic works. And that's, but that's it, that's what you've negotiated. Mm. It's not like you just decided one day, all right, I'm going to do all of this, yeah. and you don't get a say. She gets a say, but it's just the pre-negotiated... Yeah, yeah, no, indeed. In, in so you know, for for us, it isn't it isn't what a lot of people think, and there are so many, you know, how much time have you spent around me? The two of you spent around me and Belle together, and would you say that her littleness, she's a little, you know, very much. Would you say that that was something that encroached on you being able to interact socially in a normal environment? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've, I've barely noticed it to be honest with you. Yeah, but but you know, she is. She's got her little box with her her toys in and you know her spare passies in you know there's her colouring books you know um, no picture books and stuff like that and you know she's my princess and I look after her but you know she's still a fully functioning normal woman 
And and if she ever I woke up in the middle of the night expecting me to change her, that'd probably signal the signal the end of our relationship. <laughs> but I think I think that's that's a, a common misconception about about age players. Yeah. I think and, and it's not something that I know um, very much about and if there are any age players listening, please don't take this with any offence. I, I mean none and I mean to speak of you with the greatest of respect. It's not all the time. No. For some it might be, and that's fine. But I think when people hear about someone being a little or whatever, they expect them to be like that all the time. And I think that's something that perhaps they don't necessarily expect of other roles. Yeah. Like someone describes himself as a dom, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to turn up everywhere with a whip and all the rest of it. Well, that'd be topping. Hey! (laughs) We'll get onto that in a bit, shall we? I've not quite got the hat for it. But, but yeah, you know, I just think it's a kind of a respect that is extended to some roles but not to others, and I don't think that's very fair. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, Just just a quick one as well, because this came up after the first episode, someone mentioned it to me. With BDSM, dominant and submissive in the middle. Yes. Which, uh, which is quite, was quite nice. And I was like, actually, I'd not thought of it like that. And it's yeah. quite nice to have it expanded. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of um, thing that people say about daddy dom relationships as well is that it's rooted in either in- incest. I've well, heard uh, you hear it. You know, you hear it from an age. Is it rooted, rooted in incest or paedophilia? I was it was it to um, Hellfire, one night and. There was a couple of friends, one of whom has now sadly passed away. God arrest him. But they were going at it something fierce, right, on a four-poster bed. And he's, yeah, do it for daddy, do it for daddy, or whatever it was. And then someone came up to the young lady later on in the evening, and she told me about this, right, and, and neither of us could stop laughing about it. But someone came up to her and said, was he actually your dad? <laughs> well, was... Why? Why would you? You know, like, surely you've been around the sea. But again, maybe that is a misconception. You know, so surely you. How did you get to the point where you actually at an event yet you could still believe but, but, that? But that was it. Like you're at a, a swingers club or dungeon or whatever, and you think, how can you go that low? And, and, and I. I don't know if it was someone who was maybe maybe they were new or whatever, but if you're brand new to the scene, like how that's get, quite a jump to go to yeah, that kind of an event. Yeah, how do you get from how do you get how do you get as far as being at a, a swingers event yet not have that sort of experience or understanding around it? But then again, that that couple, I know the couple you're talking about, and there's an age gap there as well, quite a big age gap and and body size difference and type difference. Right. So that you could conceivably, if you didn't see them fucking on a bed. Think there, there was um, an long enough gap there. But, yeah, it was just but but that's another misconception is that daddy dom baby girl daddy dom little girl relationships have to be age gap relationships. Indeed, indeed. Um, but they don't. It has nothing for many people. It has nothing to do with age gaps. It's about maturity. Not always, but often authority. Because not all dom, not all daddies are doms. You, know, you get submissive daddies. You get daddy. You get daddy girl relationships where there's no power exchange at all. I would say for the most part, the current relationship I am at, I'm in, is the least power exchange or protocol driven relationship that I've been in for quite a while. 
I'm still the dominant, but there, there is less structure in place uh, and less protocols in place, you know. So not all daddies are doms, and there are varying degrees, Eeyore. My turn to play varying degrees, bingo. You know, there are varying degrees of, of that role, you know, in all different directions. But yeah, I mean, it's one that's often shrouded in misconceptions and judgment. You know, it's um, a lot of roles are shrouded, you know, face a bit of judgment and criticism, you know. Mm, but it's interesting, as I say, how some of those things that you'd have a certain attitude to it, and then you actually meet people who are part of it or do this yeah. different thing. And then you realise that actually this is a lot different to what I thought it would be. Mm. You know, these people are a lot different. You know, when I first went to a munch, I thought it was going to be like the fetish quiz or something like that, you know. Mm. That'd be a good idea. That's a good night, isn't it? The fetish quiz. That's actually quite a good idea, maybe. We're going to sort it out now for a night and we're going so to, to Yeah? have to arrange it. But that was the thing, and, and, and as a newcomer, it's quite daunting, and you're like, am I going to be kinky enough, or am I this or that enough to be welcomed? Yeah. And it was very welcoming, so those fears were completely ungrounded, you know? Yeah. Lots of common misconceptions isn't there in the world, let, you know, let alone kink, but just just generally in the world. Mm. It's because you hear something and a brief description of something that is so outside of your own personal experience that you can't, you don't have, you know, you don't have a storyline for it. You don't have, you know, you can't visualise it. So you take what little information you've got or what words you can grab hold of and you picture something that isn't anything like reality at all. And sort of like fit that yeah. to... So you so that you can so that you can then picture it or envision it. You then create something that isn't anywhere near the truth. So that you can slot it into the hole that's just been called BDSM or dominance. Because that's another thing. You often get people. I'm the dominant in my relationship. I do X, Y, and Z in the bedroom, but it's getting a bit repetitive. Is there anything else you can think I can do? I could do in the bedroom to be more dominant. And I'm thinking, well, you might be you might be domineering in the bedroom and you might be dominating somebody in the bedroom, but that doesn't actually equate to being a dom, in my opinion. Mm. Acts of topping can be done by a submissive or somebody who's dominant, mm. but being domineering in one situation doesn't make you a dom, I don't think. Well, I think one, one of the most common misconceptions that I've seen uh, is that distinction uh, between uh, DS and top bottom. Mm. I think that's kind of what mm. you were touching on on there yeah, yeah um that you know for example i could be receiving a foot massage so i'm the bottom in that scenario but could also be the dominant in that scenario as well yeah um so you know there, there's an awful lot of overlap between being the dom and being the top um but it's not that simple all of the time no or or see nope yeah stuff yeah yeah you know because, I mean, um, you know, you could have a scene with a rope top and a rope bottom. And, I mean, you know, there's, there's some element of power exchange because if you're the rope bottom, you have given away some power by being physically restrained. But uh, that scene or that dynamic, might that, that's not the focus. The power exchange there isn't the focus. It's not a significant power exchange. It's just purely about the, the physical actions. Also, mm. the rope top has to be very 
responsible for the bottom. So you're you're not doing it just for your own pleasure. You know, mm. you you're looking out for right. How can I make the other person feel good? Mm. And I think that's one of the things that that other misconception that say uh, a dominant or top when they're say doing an impact scene or whatever. All right, I like beating someone, so I am the one that is getting out of this. Mm. And or it, you might be particularly sadistic. You might get quite a lot out of that, and that's good. But it doesn't mean you're the only one getting mm. something out of it. And I think actually what we've done is we've started a conversation, but there might be people listening who aren't really familiar with the terms top or bottom. And I think, you know, correct me if you feel I'm wrong or if you feel you can add a, a variation to this explanation, but to break it down to its simplest form, a, a top is someone who is doing something to somebody else and a bottom is the one who is receiving whatever the something is from the top. Mm-hmm. So be that a sensation play, a massage, wax, rope. The one who is administering is the top and the one who is receiving is, is the bottom. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. It's like top, bottom, all yeah. about actions. Yeah, it, it's, it's not about who has the personality or who is calling the shots is it's about the mechanics behind it the actions who's doing what um i mean i've i've got somebody who i'm quite uh close friends with who's been a really valuable input into the impact workshop and we've been friends now for about two and a half years or more probably more probably more actually it's probably closer to three or so and for a period in the middle of our friendship for about a year nearly we were top and bottom and for impact and a sort of MS play and we've spoken about this during and after and at no point did it ever feel like that person was submitting to me and at no point did that person feel submissive towards me did you say MS play there was that master slave or is that something oh else? sorry I've got my SMEM middled up mate um, oh. S- well done there so we go, that's another misconception. I think yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. MS, Master Slave, what I actually meant to say was S and M. There we go. Yeah. Um, because I'm a bit of a sadist, and every S needs an M. Um, so, you know, um, but that wasn't anything to do with power exchange. It was, not. It was you know, it was a journey we went on together that broadened our horizons, gave us a broader experience and understanding of ourselves and where we fit within being a, a sadist or a masochist, you know, and that was, you know, a non-submissive, non-dominant journey we went on, but lasted about a year of a lot of topping and a lot of social interaction together, but at no point was there a DS dynamic in place. Um, so, you know, it, it worked and we're still very good friends. Um, I'm blessed, absolutely blessed to have this person in my life and I hope she listens to this and hears that. Um, and we'll make that friendship continue. So it would uh, seem that we're back with what is becoming a regular feature on our podcast, which is uh, my tatty old book, otherwise known as the Encyclopedia of Unusual Sex Practices. You've not witnessed this yet, have you, Eeyore? No, I'm quite excited to see what terms uh, we're going to be introduced to today. You've, I mean, you've listened to the podcast I, previously. I have, yes, I have. We've only had this on for the, like, well, it's been the third episode we've used it, and we're, things are heating up with the letter C. Ooh, okay. So expect cunnilingus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
It was an awful. Not for me and not now, but... <laughs> so yeah, we wanted to see, like I was saying. Now, we're going to start with a really interesting one because this is a fetish on FM. You can list this amongst your fetish list. Okay. Um, I list this as a fetish of mine. I belong to the group. We have a friend who is quite into this, I believe, Burns. And did we do? But the explanation I'm going to give you here from the uh, Book of Unusual Sex Practices, obviously the encyclopedia to give it its proper name, is uh, a slightly different description to what FL gives us. So, uh, are you ready? You yeah, sh- you stra- let's hear it. Are you strapped in and strapped on? Indeed. Good stuff. Candulisium. What's your understanding of this word as of the FL description? So, as far as I was aware, it was like the showing off of a partner. So, for instance, someone might say, oh, my partner's posted some new pictures, go have a look, comment, tell her how beautiful she is, etc. Get that your rocks off because it gets my rocks off. Aye. Yeah? Well, the definition that the encyclopedia here gives us is, uh, are you ready for it? Candulisium refers to a group of three people where only two of them engage in sex and the others watches, sometimes from a closet. In early 20th century France, men would take their wives to brothels to watch special stage shows where a cast of prostitutes acted out a performance. Females playing the roles of men wore artificial phalli penises. Afterward, men would persuade their wives to have sex with another male customer while they watched. Those who didn't have obliging mates would often resort to befriending the gentleman and offering to pay for a prostitute of his choosing in exchange for being permitted to watch. So, I mean, I can see what the modern interpretation is but this seems to be like an origin of it, doesn't it? This seems mm. to be an origin of a word. And it sounds like a French word, doesn't it? Aye. I mean, my French accent, I'm leaving a try. Swing clubs often have several men who enjoy watching their wives with other men. See, that's more like cuckolding. Or that's what I would have thought, but I think wasn't the origin of cuckolding that the other man didn't know that it was happening. Yeah, yes. Or, or they are more submissive and not the ones arranging it. Mm. Often, often. I don't believe it's the general rule. I don't know. It's yeah. not quite my thing, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I've looked at it. Not knocking those who it is a thing for, but just not for me. So, I mean, you can see the parallel between the description we've got here and the description on FL, mm. which is men getting pleasure from other men getting pleasure from their partner. Right. So that is that is the parallel, although the descriptor seems to be a little bit different. And this, you know, this is talking about early 20th century France, so Fat Life wasn't around then. No. This is obviously a history and an early version of it. Well, I think it's one of those things where I think you're, you're probably quite correct in that's the origin story, and as other people have come across that idea, they've taken it and put their own spin on things. Yeah. So it's all... Varying degrees. Yeah. Oh. Again. Again. But, you know, that's it. With, with words and language and definitions, they change over time anyway. And, and we, we change them to suit our needs and purposes as we go. So that's that one. Oh. Chastity devices. Are you wearing one of these at the moment? No. No? no? You're quick to answer <laughs> there, Burns. Again, not my thing. Not your thing. Chastity devices. Day belts. A Florentine girdle. And a girdle of Venus. Otherwise known as, by the way. Throughout history, that's other, other names for them. Uh, chastity belts are similar to a jock strap. Say jock strap for me, Burns. Jock strap. Thank you. Oh, oh. But it's worn. Oh, a man. But it's worn a man ways to prevent the person from having intercourse. I'm not going to go into all of this because it gives you a long history of use and and various countries and when and why. But 
From my limited experience and understanding of chastity devices, I seem to think they're more pre prevalent amongst men now. I believe so, and I think it's very much in line with the femdom yeah. stuff. Every time I've looked at fetish wear, male fetish wear, or, or fetish jewellery or fetish clothing on a bondage site, very little in the way of female chastity devices, very little available. Loads of male chastity. But long term, long term wearing of male chastity can shrink your member, can it not? I don't know. I believe it can. I mean, we'll have to look that up, but I, I looked into it and I believe it. You're nodding there, Eeyore. Well, no, I, I actually uh, haven't got any uh, previous experience with this, so it just was quite an interesting fact that you just mentioned that if, if, if that is something that, that can occur. But, but I believe it is. I mean, I would, look, I would certainly look into it before caging any member that you frequently enjoy, especially if one of the things that you enjoy is its size and girth. Well, I'll definitely do my research. Maybe something to mention here is that you can practice uh, chastity without a device. Yes, and have, of course. Uh, you know, just like mental chastity where, you know, you're kind of just, I suppose, trusted to uh, follow the rules. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's very true. That is it's very quite, true. It's quite um, appropriate given that it's now November, also known to some as No Nut November. Who's that known? Who's that really? known as to? What? What? Oh, you can hear the panic in my voice. You can hear the anxiety in my voice. Who? What? How? It's a thing online. It's it's like a challenge, um, for people to avoid, uh, particularly for people to avoid pornography, but for people to avoid ejaculation for the whole of November. Come twice since I saw you two nights ago. I've already found. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, not November for me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Right, moving swiftly on. Claustrophilia. Any guesses on this one? Is that like liking being put in a tiny space? Claustrophilia refers to those sexually aroused by being confined in small compartments. People who are claustrophobic experience anxiety for being confined. Some individuals take advantage of this fear to create arousal in their partner. This is done by putting partners who are claustrophobic and conf Oh right, okay, so it's not even for the benefit of a person who's being boxed. It's for the sadistic pleasure in this instance, by describing it for the sadistic pleasure of those putting the one in the box. Ha <laughs> ha, you're afraid of that, aren't you? That's horrible. Well, I, see, I don't know, because th th there's a lot of people who do go in for, like, fear play. Yeah, me. So maybe that's... Well, did you go then? But if somebody... If, if, I, if I had a partner who was, like had a genuine phobia of tight spaces I don't know if that's where I'd want to put her that's fair you know I I, I, I don't know Maybe she's I'm... having doubts about how sadistic you are now oh yeah this is, this is, I'm putting my encyclopedia down I'm, I came into this quite secure in myself for my role and I'm leaving it riddled with self-doubt <laughs> coitus a mammalia is that, is that a mammalia is that, is that a tip wank oh my god he got it in one <laughs> Is that a titwank? I'll give you the, the definition of here. Arousal from female breasts. Penetrating between breasts. Sorry, it's got a picture. <laughs> it's got a picture and some unusual text and I'm giggling like a school child, I do apologise. Coitus mammalia is the act of ejaculating between breasts. This is particularly exciting for men who have a breast fetish. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Not really into tits, but we'll have a go. I think we'll leave that one there. We'll do one more. We'll do one more. We have one more? Uh, one more. One yeah. more for the road. Yeah? Okay, we'll have one more for the road. Oh, I don't know if you've ever tried this one. This is one that I would imagine Burns may like to receive. 
Jesus. <laughs> okay, here we go. Cupping. Cupping refers to placing of suction device on the skin with a purpose to draw blood closer to the surface. This was a form of bloodletting that was used in Europe. It has been used for medicinal reasons, hasn't it, I've, cupping? I've, I've seen pictures of it. I've seen a lot of pictures of yeah, Chinese medicine. Wind. Chinese medicine involves cupping, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think you, you tend to see that in conjunction with um, nipple play and various other... No, you see, like you see, like like because you like the suckers and things. Mm. Oh yeah, so yeah. And actually, to be fair to you, mate, the uh, picture in here is of a a drawn hand drawn woman with suckers on her titties. So well, there you go. There you go. But you know, you do you, the pictures you see online. I see a lot of people's backs like massage and things. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Do it with smoke, don't you? Do you do but smoke? you can do smoke. fire cupping as well. But, but what what draws for is it what creates the vacuum? Is it smoke? Um, I I don't know. When you put a glass cup on somebody, you have to we have to look that up. I mean, that shows what I mean. It's just not something. Was, do you know why I don't know anything about it? Never previous interest in me, so I never looked into it. But I will learn more. I will learn more. The most popular cupping devices are rubber suction cups. From small cutter snake bite kits. Okay. Weird. It's probably to suck the venom out. <laughs> Open your kit and suck the venom out of my snake. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to Jock and Naughty, otherwise hey. known as my dad, Didney, right? A porno. This month we've got an extract for. Cat and Mouse by Anne James. Is this going to be anything like the dog one? No. As she kissed him, Eve felt him slowly push forward, gently entering her shivering body, inch by achingly pleasurable inch. Mark's thick member filled her. The thickness of his member stretched her deliciously as he moved deeper and deeper. She pulled her mouth from his and concentrated on the sensation of being completely filled. With him fully buried, Eve's body throbbed desperately with need. Part of her wanted him to begin moving, but another part wanted to enjoy having him finally. Now to me, that sounds like necrophilia. With him fully buried... And not well, apart from his penis shooting out like a like a bamboo shoot sticking out the ground or something. Part of her wanted him to begin moving, but he was already dead. Uh, he's not dead, but it's just you know. Is this the Halloween special? Uh, it should be, but just the thick member and the thickness of his member. It's like when rappers rhyme one word with the same word. They just want to really drive that thick member home. They <laughs> really do. She felt Mark gently kiss her shoulder before he pulled his softening member from her sheath. That was quick. <laughs> I jumped forward a wee bit, to okay. be honest. Eve leaned into Tom and welcomed his hot kisses. He's got two guys on the go. Their tongues swirled as Eve's excitement began to build again. As Tom leaned into Eve, she slid her feet from under her and landed softly on the bed. With him above her, Eve looked down behind their bodies. Tom's hot length was poised to enter her wet tunnel. There were already a build-up of cars, and he had not paid with the correct change at the toll booth. That's not in the story, it was just that's what wet tunnel made me think of. Um. Dear. 
But there we go. That's that, I suppose. Well, what can I say, Burns? As ever, that's left me um, potentially more confused than aroused. That's kind of what I aim for. Yeah? Well, with Jock and Otty, at least, it's not what I aim for generally. Yeah. <laughs> so you won't be impressed if, if one time you completely Jock and Otty and I stand up with a bolting erection? Well, I mean, that's... That's as good a place to end this podcast as any? I suppose so. <laughs> well, I think I'd like to take the time to thank Eeyore for joining us, from stepping out from supporting your good man to uh, standing next to him on the podcast this afternoon. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. And I think if you'd have asked me a year ago, would I be on a BDSM podcast, I really wouldn't have thought that would be happening. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, there you go. It's amazing how far you can come in a year. And thank you once again uh, for uh, coming on this venture with me, Burns. Yeah? You're welcome. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. And thank you for anyone and everyone who listens. We'll see you again in about a month or so's time with another episode of Varying Degrees, a BDSM podcast.